If you have thyroid eye disease and the pain in the back of your eye is forcing bad words from your mouth, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit treatmyted.com. That's treatmyted.com. During yesterday's summit, President Trump did not leap to the defense of the deep state that was caught interfering in the U.S. elections. And the left dare call that treason. And a move time to sabotage the effort to improve relations with Russia. Robert Mueller announced the indictments of a dozen Russian spies for spying. The move had exactly the intended effect. With these stories and more from a nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is America First Radio's Daily Brief. And thank you for joining America First Radio. This conversation never ends. You can follow us on Twitter at AmFirst Radio and friend us on Facebook at America First Radio with Jim Dawes. And you can share it with your friends, start an argument, insult the host, and get early notifications as soon as these shows are posted. America First Radio is proudly carried on the Talk America Radio Network, the new dominant force in conservative talk radio, and on the new Mojo 5.0 talk station at Dash Radio. We're carried uh, each weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern, but if you miss a broadcast, you can always listen on demand on your favorite podcast directory or at our website at americafirstradio.com. Well, um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, you know, uh, the, the outrages from the left over this president uh, have been many and, uh, and uh, at a high, high level. But this latest outrage over uh, Trump's uh, summit with Vladimir Putin in which he failed to leap to the defense of our intel- so-called intelligence community. Actually, uh, you know, uh, who they're talking about is, uh, is not the rank-and-file FBI agents or rank-and-file CIA agents. They're talking about uh, those political hacks, the political appointees. Uh, at the head of those agencies, we're talking about Comey, Clapper, Brennan, um, um, the uh, the Attorney General, um, and Susan Rice. The president was uh, insufficiently defensive of those people when a reporter asked a question yesterday, and so the left has just been melting down, completely losing its mind. And as I said, these outrages have been uh, steady. You know, first, the outrage was uh, that uh, Trump had colluded with the Russians to win the election. There's been absolutely zero proof of that. Then they were outraged and, uh, and melting down over the travel ban. Uh, then they were outraged that the president was going to get us into a nuclear war because he was talking tough to Kim Jong-un of uh, North Korea. Um, uh, bringing up the specter of fire and fury. Then, when he met with Kim, they were outraged because he was too nice to Kim. Then they were outraged that they were putting children in cages on the border because of this zero-tolerance policy. Turned out the kids in cages was from 2014 under Barack Obama's uh, administration. Then they got outraged that uh, Trump was being too hard on NATO 
and uh, demanding that they carry their fair share of their own defense. They're outraged that uh, Trump initiated tariffs against re uh, communist red China. They're outraged that uh, President um, appointed uh, Kavanaugh as uh, the Supreme Court nominee because he was going to wreck all of the leftist progress that uh, had been made, not through the legislative process, but through the courts. And now they're outraged that, uh, that this president is trying to avoid another Cold War and didn't, uh, and didn't defend the United States intelligence community that has been caught red-handed engaged in misconduct. And it was only last week that we, we got to pull back the curtain and see firsthand from this Peter Stroke the kind of um, misconduct that they had engaged in during this, uh, this election cycle, both by uh, clearing the Democrat candidate of obvious and glaring wrongdoing, while at the same time opening a counter-espionage investigation on the Republican candidate with absolutely zero evidence to justify it. And as I said, a lot of this is because uh, the deep state is deeply, deeply invested in having Russia as a mortal enemy. You know, uh, Russia at this point, uh, after, you know, uh, the uh, uh, dissolving the Soviet Union and the Warsaw Pact, Russia is a a large country by landmass, but uh, has a fairly small population. I think it's uh, it's about 110 million of, of almost tiny economy. It, it um, it's comparable in size to the economy of New York State. But uh, but these deep state and think tank um, armchair warriors can engage in this, uh, this Cold War with Russia without any um, interference from the people that want to continue to trade with communist Red China or, um, or you know, confront um, Iran or any of these, uh, these other dictatorships, most Islamic dictatorships in the Middle East. So yeah, they had lost their mind. Beginning in this press conference yesterday, Trump did what he said that he was going to do, and he uh, declared an end to this Cold War. Vladimir Putin actually said that. He said that um, because of uh, mistakes on both sides, that relations between the United States and Russia had never been worse, but that that had changed about four hours ago, and it did, in fact, change. He rejected the fundamental premises that America's foreign policy establishment has held dear since the end of the, the real Cold War, and he blamed much of the um, state of our terrible relations with China on the U.S. establishment, who certainly deserves a lot of blame. He didn't he didn't specify the fact that they had pushed NATO up to the borders of Russia, that they had destabilized former uh, Soviet client states, uh, that they had 
uh, attacked Serbia and uh, split off a major portion of Serbian territory, the homeland of the Serbian people, and created a new Islamic state in the heart of Eastern Europe. They had engineered a coup that overturned the duly elected uh, government of Ukraine and installed an actual um, fascist regime there trying to deny Russia access to the ocean. That's why Russia re-annexed Crimea. But Trump repudiated all of these, uh, these uh, records of the, the neocons and their, uh, their liberal uh, and uh, Democrat and Republican war hawks and all of these Beltway pundits inside the Beltway that uh, make a good living on uh, ginning up rationales for continued uh, military buildups based on the threat of Russia, all the while the Red Chinese are eating our lunch. And this, uh, this last week was just more than they could take, and it drove them entirely over the edge. He pointed out that NATO, he didn't say it outright, but he illustrated it quite, uh, quite glaringly that NATO is obsolete. That the existential threat that NATO was uh, created to challenge or defend against no longer exists. And that the European allies have been freeloading off of um, the U.S. defense umbrella while at the same time rolling up huge trade surpluses at Americans' expense. And he pointed out that those days are over with. So there's not going to be any new Cold War for these uh, war hawks to engage in. They're going to have to find a new uh, enemy. We're not going to let Putin's re-annexation of the Crimea prevent us from working with Russia to uh, bring down the nuclear threat, to challenge Islamic terrorism and to um, to work together in the, the areas where we can work. And hopefully, when you combine uh, this effort with Trump's direct um, challenge to these uh, terrible trade deals that has allowed communist China, a dictatorship, to rise as a military and industrial superpower, we can start straightening some of these things out. But, man, if you watched the, the, the media coverage of this, there was an MSNBC contributor, what was her name? Jill uh, Winebanks. She was part of the Watergate um, prosecution. She must have been a very young girl back then. But she's declaring that this is our this generation's Pearl Harbor in Kristallnacht, and just as serious as the Cuban Missile Crisis or 9/11. We got time for that clip. We don't have time for that clip, uh, but I'll play it for you when we get back. It's unbelievable. the The left now, because of the rise of um, these cable TV shows that cater specifically to people suffering from Trump derangement syndrome. It's a challenge to see who can make the most over-the-top outrageous statement, and they are uh, doing it 
all the way up to the extent of calling for a coup. we got to run out to a break, but we'll be back right after these messages on America First Radio. So after two years of a nonstop witch hunt by the deep state designed to first prevent Donald Trump from being elected president and second to unseat him after he was elected president, and after just last week's watching these Peter Strzok hearings where you saw um, the, the guy that was in charge of the Hillary Clinton investigation for violations of the Espionage Act and the one that was responsible for opening a counterintelligence investigation based almost certainly on this bogus, trumped-up opposition research document, the so-called dossier. And after uh, having seen that the uh, the FBI and the CIA, in fact, um, engaged in spying against the Trump campaign, Trump was expected to go to this, this meeting with Vladimir Putin. Oh, and by the way, right after... Um, Robert Mueller tried to sabotage the summit by uh, by indicting a dozen Russians for spying during this election. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. We'll never know for sure because these cases will never go to trial. Maybe at some point they could uh, they could release their evidence to the American people so we could make a deci- make a decision. I'm perfectly willing to believe that it happened. I don't think that that gives us any moral superiority because we engage in exactly the same sort of activities. But if it happened, I, I will admit it. I've seen no evidence, and I, I I continue to say, like many others, if this in fact happened, how do you know without forensically examining the DNC servers that are supposed to be the center of this so-called hack? But after all of this, Trump was expected to go to this summit and defend the deep state, and his failure to do so has been labeled treason, treason, treason by uh, by the left, including this uh, this idiot um, Stephen Cohen, this this um, Democrat representative from the Memphis area, Memphis and Shelby County who's basically calling for a, a military coup. He says, uh, where are our military folks? The commander-in-chief is in the hands of our enemies. But that's really no more over the top than what um, the former CIA director said, that this is treason and that uh, that it, it calls for impeachment. And where are uh, are the Republican patriots? This was the guy that was busy running spies at the Trump campaign. And I've been trying to find the clip that really sent them over the edge. And I think that this one probably um, is the one that that really uh, did it more than any other. Uh, When a, a, a reporter asked the president if he... If America blames some of the uh, shares some of the blame for the state of relations with Russia, 
Yes, I do. I hold uh, both countries responsible. I think that the United States has been foolish. I think we've all been foolish. We should have had this dialogue a long time ago, uh, a long time, frankly, before I got to office. And I think we're all uh, to blame. I think that the United States now has stepped forward along with Russia, and we're getting together, and we have a chance to do some great things, whether it's nuclear proliferation in terms of stopping. We have to do it. Ultimately, that's probably the most important thing that we can be working on. But uh, I do feel that uh, we have both made some mistakes. I think that the, the probe is a disaster for our country. I think it's kept us apart. It's kept us separated. There was no collusion at all. Uh, everybody knows it. Uh, people are being brought out to the fore. Uh, so far that I know, virtually none of it related to the campaign. And they're going to have to try really hard to find somebody that did relate to the campaign. That was a clean campaign. I beat Hillary Clinton easily. This is where he loses me. He needs to get off of the campaign. I know he feels like they're trying to delegitimize his presidency, but he, he fails to realize that people are seeing through this at this point, and they understand that he won the election fair and square, and that the, any of this um, leaks from the DNC or John Podesta were just revealing uh, what these people were to begin with. And frankly, uh, we beat her, and I'm not even saying from the standpoint, we won that race, and it's a shame that there could even be a little bit of a cloud over it. Uh, people know that, people understand it, but the main thing, and we discussed this also, is zero collusion, and it has had a negative impact upon the relationship of the two largest nuclear powers in the world. We have 90% of nuclear power between the two countries. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous what's going on with the probe. Well, it is foolish, and to the extent that uh, the Russians may have uh, been responsible for these uh, these leaks and the DNC and John Podesta, then they bear some responsibility for that. We also bear some responsibility for it, for provoking Russia by by toppling the, uh, the uh, duly elected pro-Russian government in the Ukraine and trying to deny them access to the sea. I know it's been a while going all the way back to the Clinton administration, but um, bombing Serbia out of Kosovo and allowing that uh, that uh, territory to be taken away from that uh, former Russian satellite was a terrible, foolish thing to do. But by failing to defend the deep state, the news media just lost their minds. And here's sort of a montage of a sampling of their reaction. Vladimir Putin was on stage left in Helsinki alongside the President of the United States, who had nothing but warm words for the time that they spent together. First of all, I just have to say, I'm sick to my stomach. I'm really feeling nauseous. Stunned, gobsmacked. We're hearing words like, I feel sick, uh, this is frightening calling it an abomination. Shocking. Stunning. Genuinely stunning. What is going on? Unbelievable. Astonishing. Just astonishing. It is astonishing, it's heartbreaking, and it represents, I think, a pivotal turn uh, in our nation's history. It's time for Americans to be out on the streets. There are people protesting in the streets every day in the 70s. Why is that not happening now? When do we see almost a shadow government come out and say, we cannot side with the government? As an American citizen, I, I, I just personally think today is just an, an incredibly depressing yeah. uh, moment in, in our time, in our history as an American. Was this a new low 
Jim Shudo, Josh Campbell, I appreciate you both being with us on what has been uh, really a difficult day uh, for, uh, for, uh, for this country uh, and, and, frankly, for much of, of the, the free world ahead. He didn't even meet his own low bar for not screwing this up. I mean, it is an absolute disgrace. It's a parody of a disgrace. This entire week of President Trump abroad has made Hillary Clinton seem uh, all the more prescient. All he had to do was not, you know, put on jammies and crawl under the covers with Vladimir Putin, and he couldn't do that. Uh, do White House officials realize how horrifying so many Americans are today? Mr. Putin now is the master puppeteer of Donald Trump. If Vladimir Putin picked our president, does anything else matter? If Vladimir Putin picked our president, you know, it's unbelievable. These are the same people that, you know, were uh, screaming about the travel ban, that we can't defend our borders. They're the ones that saying that the world's going to come to an end that, because Trump was talking tough with uh, Kim Jong-un and his nuclear program. They were saying that, you know, uh, that America had abandoned all of its values because it was separating uh, uh, children from their parents when their parents were arrested. Never mind, that's the exact same thing that happens to Americans. They were the ones that con- uh, that were actually predicting economic Armageddon when Donald Trump imposed some some tariffs on China and the stock market rocked right on. And again, a lot of this is because of the need to to be outraged for these uh, for these um, news shows, these uh, cable news shows. But it's having a really negative effect. And what's amazing is these are the same people that uh, were are normally uh, against the establishment, uh, uh, against uh, military buildups, uh, against you know, trying to um, to uh, challenge our enemies. All of a sudden, they've all become armchair warriors, and and people who um, you want you want the president to to be tough and confront the the Russian president. They really uh, have very uh, uh, situational outrage. And that situation is anything that Trump does, they're going to be outraged. We're going to come back and try to make some sense of all this when we come back from these messages on America First Radio. sense of it it's very hard to possibly analyze and you're quite correct the burglars were um americans they worked for the white house they worked for the committee to re-elect the president they weren't foreign agents and yet we were burglarized this time by foreign agents and let's talk about foreign agents you know the the deep state is uh, all melting down over the the existential threat of Russia, while at the same time the communist Chinese are stealing hundreds of billions of dollars worth of intellectual property from this country every year, flooding our research universities with students who are basically spies for 
China, transferring all of that uh, research and development, much of it paid for by American taxpayers, back to China, setting up Confucius Institutes to advance their interests on American universities. Our country, a country just to our south, is literally flooding our nation with uh, low-wage workers that are undermining America's uh, prosperity. All the while, we've got a, a, an occupying class on Wall Street that are busy shipping American jobs overseas because they worship at a, at a free trade religion. What has Russia uh, done to the United States? Have, have they flooded our country with immigrants? No. Have they run up huge trade uh, surpluses at our expense? No. Have they overrun our borders? No. Have they stolen our intellectual property? No. What they have done is they've pushed back on, uh, on our efforts to reignite this, uh, this Cold War. Maybe they started it. I'm, I'm not going to uh, say that, uh, that they don't you know, share a large part of the blame as well. I don't see why it's in their interest to do so. They certainly are not on par with the United States military or even that of Europe at this point. It would be in their best interest to have peace and to be welcomed into the, the West instead of being driven into the arms of uh, communist China, who has designs on, on their Western territories, Russians' Western territories. But I want you to listen to this Jill uh, Winebanks, who apparently, I, maybe they send in a, a transcript of what they're going to say and try to outdo each other. Uh, to get on the air over there at MSNBC, but just just listen to what she has to say. And it's just as serious to me as the Cuban Missile Crisis. She's as serious as placing uh, nuclear weapons 90 miles off of the U.S. coast. In terms of an attack or the 9-11 attack. It's as serious as a terrorist attack that killed 3,000 Americans and took down the World Trade Center. The president is taking the side of the people who attacked us instead of trying to prevent a future attack. He has done nothing to make sure that the elections four months away are going to be safe. And I would say Actually, he has. He has uh, told his uh, Homeland Security to, uh, to um, fortify our election processes and actually take action to prevent this, which his predecessor apparently didn't do say that his performance today will live in infamy as much as the it will live in infamy his performance today will live in infamy now watch what she's going to say next going to be safe and i would say that his performance today will live in infamy as much as the pearl harbor attack or kristallnacht and it's <laughs> it's unbelievable and and they they get asked back they get taken seriously and they get quoted. This woman has apparently lost her mind. Hacking John Podesta's email is just as bad as Pearl Harbor. Using his password that was password. And hacking the DNC servers that showed that they were trying to rig their primaries in favor of the establishment candidate. 
really a serious issue that we need to deal with. Um, it, there's, there's no explanation for what could be motivating him, no matter what Russia has on him. If that's the explanation, it can't be as bad as his behavior is today. What Russia has on him. You know, that this kind of talk, uh, treason, a threat, uh, worse than 9-11, as serious as Pearl Harbor, this is deeply, deeply irresponsible for people who control uh, cable news networks to be putting out there, and it's liable to result, if not in a civil war, in, a, I, I hesitate to say it, but in an attempt to assassinate this president. And if you look at the former CIA uh, chief who is supposed to, to be worthy of Donald Trump defending, he's right in there with him. He's a talking head over there at NBC, MSNBC that is uh, throwing around the word traitor because Trump insufficiently failed to defend our deep state. And you got this idiot out there in, um, in Tennessee, Stephen Cohen, the same one that said he wanted to give Peter Strzok a Purple Heart, calling for a military coup. Where are our military folks, he says. The commander-in-chief is in the hands of our enemies. He called for a military coup. There will be no repercussions. But there was another Stephen Cohen. This is Stephen F. Cohen. He is a... Uh, a uh, professor emeritus from Princeton and New York University, I think it is, Columbia University, an expert on Russian relations. He appeared on Tucker Carlson's show, and he put all of this in, into some, some perspective for us. The reaction by the most of the media, by the Democrats, by the anti-Trump people, is like mob violence. Uh, I've never seen anything like it in my life. This is the President of the United States doing what every President, Tucker, since Franklin Delano Roosevelt did in 1943 with Stalin, meeting with the head of the Kremlin. And every President since Eisenhower, a Republican by the way, has met with the leader of the Kremlin for one existential purpose, to avoid war between the two nuclear superpowers. Today, in my considered scholarly longtime judgment, relations between the United States and Russia are more dangerous than they have ever, let me repeat, ever been, including the Cuban Missile Crisis. I want my president to do, I didn't vote for this president, but I want my president to do what every other president has done sit with the, uh, the head of the other nuclear superpower and walk back the conflicts that could lead to war, whether they be in Syria, Ukraine, in the Baltic nations, in these accusations of cyber attacks. Every president has been encouraged to do that and applauded by both parties, not Trump. Look what they did to him, to him today. They held a kangaroo court. They found him guilty. And then you had the former head of the United States CIA, who himself ought to be put under oath and asked about his role in inventing Russiagate, calling the president of the United States treasonous. What have we come to in this country? And what's going to happen in the Susan, future? 
what exactly have we come to in this country? The the irresponsibility of the left, the the they were suffering from this uh, acute Trump derangement syndrome has just pushed them over the edge. More from Stephen F. Cohen. It's a fundamental question. Do they know what they're doing? I don't know. Uh, they seem to hate or resent the idea of Trump as president, that they've all f- lost all sense of American national security. I would ask them a question. If you ever get these people on, ask them this question for yourself, for me, for the nation. Do you, these people who are hunting Trump, do you prefer trying to impeach Trump to trying to avert war with nuclear Russia? That's the bottom line. And that's where we're at today. People have written books about this, historians. Why is it that Russia seems to be our wicked witch of the East? When Russia has more in common with the United States, it's a Christian country, it's a big country, it was a frontier country. We were allies during World War II. I mean, Russia, this will upset people, but historically, Russia defeated Nazi Germany in Europe. We defeated the Japanese in the Pacific. We were great allies. After that, things went bad. Who's to blame? Historians have written lots of books. But why since the end of... Well, who's to blame for the first Cold War? I would put that squarely at the feet of the Soviet Union, who uh, uh, erected an iron curtain and enslaved uh, all the satellites. But the Ronald Reagan negotiated an end to that. The problem is there was this huge military-industrial complex that had arisen that, uh, that Eisenhower warned us about that desperately, desperately needed an enemy. And they were not going to let Russia join uh, the community of civilized nations because so much, so many trillions of dollars in, in armaments and the defense of Europe depended on it. And now they're so entrenched in this Cold War, they want to start a new one instead of turning our attention where it needs to be. And that's for defending ourselves from the new communist threat. I know they're a, sort of a hybrid of communism and capitalism, but China is a dictatorship. They have a plan to, to overtake us and to challenge us military, militarily and economically. But the deep state in Washington is so fixated on Russia that they can't get past it. The Soviet Union, there's no communism. Let me ask you a question. You know, D.C., why do these people dislike Putin? the president of post-communist Russia, more than they ever seem to dislike the communist leaders. It's more about us, Tucker, than it's about them. And this is really dangerous, not permitting the president of the United States to keep us safe. It's very dangerous. Uh, it, it is uh, irrational. You know, we deal with, uh, we deal with uh, tyrants in the Middle East. We deal with the communist dictatorship in China. But we have to maintain Russia as the enemy? We'll be back and, uh, and take a little walk down memory lane and how Obama treated Russia right after these messages. So take a walk with me, if you will, down memory lane back to 2011 on the eve of the 2012 uh, presidential re-election or uh, um, campaign to re-elect Barack Obama, where he was uh, running against Mitt Romney. 
that powerhouse of a political juggernaut. And, uh, and I'm just going to play you a clip uh, from a, a news broadcast with Bill Plant. I think it's uh, NBC. Uh, about Obama's meet, meeting with uh, then-Russian President uh, Medvedev, uh, where he was caught on a hot mic saying this. President Obama and outgoing Russian President Medvedev were still deep in conversation as cameras were ushered into the room. And President Obama was overheard giving Medvedev a very candid political assessment of his ability to deal with the major problems between the U.S. and Russia. All of the issues can be solved, the president told Medvedev, but he stressed that it was particularly important for incoming Russian President Vladimir Putin to give him space on the missile defense system which the U.S. and NATO want to install in Europe. This is my last election. After this election, I'll have more flexibility. Missile defense system, which the U.S. and NATO want to install in Europe. This is my last election, yeah. After my election, I have more flexibility. I will transmit this to Vladimir. So you got the president of the United States basically conspiring with a foreign power that we're to believe is our existential enemy now, to dupe the American people so that he can get reelected and then do what with Vladimir Putin? Compromise? Um, cave? Work with? There was no uh, meltdown, no outrage on cable TV. There weren't people calling for calling him treasonous and, a, and a, a traitor and calling for his impeachment. Even though you could argue that what he's saying here is far, far worse than what the president said. The president said he doesn't have any confidence in, uh, in the, uh, uh, the probe of the deep state. He's got every reason in the world not to have confidence. I don't have confidence in it. I've seen behind the curtain. I've seen the misconduct that took place there. Seen in the interference that the Obama administration and the law and intelligence agencies engaged in in our 2016 presidential election. But there was no outrage over Obama. And it, it, it just goes back to tell you that with the, the collusion and the travel ban and the uh, being too mean to North Korea, then being too nice to North Korea, then our zero tolerance policy on the border, all of these things are just the latest way that the left can act out their severe case of Trump derangement syndrome. Here's, uh, here's Rand Paul saying something along those lines. The president's different than many leaders we've had who basically will litigate things to death and not meet with people. I think Trump is different than he's willing to meet with foreign leaders. And actually, I think you may get a breakthrough because of the meetings. And I think if this were anybody else, if there weren't such acute hatred for Trump, such uh, Trump derangement syndrome on the left, I think if this were President Obama, and it could have actually been President Obama early in the, the first term when they were trying to reset uh, our relations with Russia, that could have easily had a meeting like this, and the left and the media would have had a love fest over President Obama. So I think this really shows people hatred for President Trump more than anything. That's exactly what it is. It is just a, a vehement, unrestrained hatred. And you know what was really amazing about all of this is uh, they're, they're trying to blame the Russian 
uh, interference in the 2016 presidential election on Donald Trump. Well, who was president in 2016? It wasn't Donald Trump. It was Barack Obama. Who was the head of the CIA that was supposed to protect us against Russia? It was John Brennan, that very same John Brennan, who failed and is now calling our president a, a uh, traitor. Who was the national intelligence director? Oh, it was, it was James Clapper, the guy who, uh, who ginned up this bogus uh, intelligence assessment based on this dossier and is now a talking head over there at CNN trying to come up with one outrageous thing after, uh, to say after another. Who was the head of the FBI? Well, it was James Comey. The guy that they're uh, pursuing Donald Trump for firing. Who was it prior to him? It was Robert Mueller, who is in there now trying to cover up for the FBI's wrongdoing. Not the FBI. I keep saying the FBI and the CIA. That is a, a wrong characterization. It wasn't the FBI. It wasn't the CIA. It was the political hacks at the top of those organizations who were there in those executive offices for the very reason that they could be counted on to do the misdeeds of the Obama administration. The truth is the CIA and the FBI uh, had more malign influence on the uh, American election than Russia did. If you're not mad at them, but you're mad at Trump, well, maybe you're just suffering from a bad case of Trump derangement syndrome. So in the run-up to this, I meant to get to this story yesterday, but it ran out of time. In the run-up to this, uh, this summit that had critical issues of uh, a nuclear proliferation, uh, terrorists working together to uh, thwart terrorist attacks, to try to uh, get the United States and Iran out of Syria and re return it to the uh, pre-ISIS, pre-Syrian rebel status quo. All of these things uh, were on the agenda, but uh, Robert Mueller and Rod Rosenstein were having none of that. They trotted out this, this uh, tired old evidence that they, they've had for a year, right on the eve of this summit, accusing... Russian spies, a dozen of them in the GRU, the successor to the KGB, of spying. Well, yeah, I guess. Do you think that the Russians could put together an indictment accusing American spies of spying? I think they could. But Devin Nunes appeared on uh, Maria Bartiromo's show uh, the next day, I think it was actually on Sunday, talking about these indictments that Mueller put forward, clearly designed to throw a wrench into the uh, uh, American-Russian summit and, uh, and, and try to work together on common interests. Well, we knew about this a year and a half ago. Almost everything in the, in the indictment we knew about. In March 22nd, we released our findings that you have in front of you right there. Those findings were available March 22nd. If you remember... The media mocked us. Yes, I do remember. They made fun of the Republicans. They said it was a whitewash. Mm -hmm. The Democrats said it was a whitewash. Nearly everything the Democrats said about our report was that it was a whitewash. Then we had to fight with the intelligence agencies and the Department of Justice so that they would not redact. 
and they would declassify our report. That was finished in April. So this entire report that you have in front of you, including all you had to do was get to page four, and you only had to read chapter two, and you would have had nearly everything that's in the indictment. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Look, look, at, look at all these redactions that you can actually see on the screen. And it's page after page of that. <laughs> and, and actually, there's more in this report yeah. than what's in the indictment. Okay? And this is, what, this is what's very frustrating. So, so it's great that they indicted Russians. Yes, they did bad things. I mean, they're always up to bad things. Uh, we know that. They have very sophisticated intelligence capabilities in Russia. And they're always, they're constantly attacking the United States and our allies. However, in the indictment, they leave out some really important people that they also went after. So the indictment plays like they're only going after the Democrats. When Bob Mueller and all his investigators and his lawyers know for a fact that they also targeted Republicans. Why is that not in the indictment? It makes the indictment look ridiculous. Well, because it was a political indictment, not a uh, not a, a, an, an indictment that's uh, designed to further the means of justice. I've got time for one more clip, and I really want you to hear this. Because Rand Paul, who says... Um, things that make more sense in Washington in one day than the rest of the town does all year had this to say about uh, whether or not it's productive uh, to be shaking our fist or Russia or whether or not we need to protect ourselves. Just 48 hours ago, the U.S. government, the Trump administration, said the top Russian military intelligence officers orchestrated a massive uh, hack uh, to affect the U.S. election how much do you want President Trump to try to hold Putin accountable for that? I think really we, would, we mistake our response if we think it's about accountability from the Russians. They're another country. They're going to spy on us. They do spy on us. They're going to interfere in our elections. We also do the same. Uh, Dove Levin at Carnegie Mellon studied this over about a 50-year period in the last century and found 81 times that the U.S. interfered in other countries' elections. So we all do it. What we need to do is make sure our electoral process is protected. And I think because this has gotten partisan and it's all about partisan politics, we've forgotten that really the most important thing is the integrity of our election. And there are things we can do and things that I've advocated, making sure it's decentralized all the way down to the precinct level. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition. What we really can do to protect our electoral process is voter ID. Hope you'll join us back here again tomorrow night for another edition of America First Radio. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more.